Welcome to On Film, a podcast which delves into the lives and work of film professionals as they tell us who they are, what they do, and their journeys within the film industry. I'm Adya Shah. This is part one of my interview with Krishna Purohit. He composes and produces music. He's worked on the original score for Bhasma Sur, a feature film out on Netflix. He's also composed the music for various short films such as Little Man out on Disney Plus Hotstar, Mandi and On the Blue Canvas. He also plays guitar and synth for indie band Lontuba and produces electronica under the moniker Brajajana. I wanted to ask you um I was actually trying to figure out for the longest time how to where to begin the interview because I wanted to know your background with music how it started for you as well as um the most recent thing I've seen is actually Bhasma Bhasma Sur so I wanted to know what is what are you more comfortable with starting with let's start with uh, let's start with what's happening maybe now or the future and then we can work our way backwards maybe if that's okay. cool with you okay um bhasma sur essentially is the story um of um a father son um his sister and his widowed aunt in um, a nondescript village in rural india um right. they um their companion or their um, the animal that they have in their house is a donkey and because um the father is dead set on selling the donkey the son accompanies mm. him to the city to sell the donkey um sadly yes. though the son has developed um a relationship or a friendship with that animal he feels yeah yeah, yeah he really feels for the animal and the story essentially then also explores the father son dynamic um this was Correct. also i think it 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 played at um, the mumbai film festival in 2017 it did yes that's oh, okay. the year yeah okay and um, it came out on netflix i think in 2019 was it correct 2019 it was out in netflix and was supposed to come out on one more platform and i think they're still in talks with it uh they're still discussing it it might come out on another platform soon okay awesome No, so with this film, I I I'll first um tell you what I absolutely loved about it, and then we can then I want to open it up to your role within the film. Great. Um, the film yeah. is also visually a treat. It's absolutely fantastically. That's so true. Yeah, yeah. It's fantastically made. I think it's also edited in a very interesting way. There's a very interesting taste to it, and um, it's also sort of showing. um i think the director nishil sheth as someone who's some um, hmm. someone who's very much open to um the image or you know setting yes. up uh, setting up a good frame um also making sure that the story holds also creating interesting characters right. so as i was watching the film but also struck um but also was um struck me about the music was hmm. the music is it feels a bit western so mm. i wanted to sort of know um how did first of all how did the film happen how did you come on board for the film and how did you arrive on that sound cool i think you made some like really fantastic observations about uh, firstly the frame and the visual aesthetic you know how much uh, attention has been given to that and uh, even the edit because the ed- the edit of the film was probably the longest part of the post production and the music also because uh once we shot it we were uh we were not so happy with it and then a lot changed at the edit table um okay so let's speak about how it came together in the first place so the director nishil he was a student at whistling woods uh, which is a film school it's owned by muktarts and uh, he was studying there he made his uh, diploma film and then he was just planning to take the usual route you know how it is you get out of a film school and then uh, you either start your own production house and then start doing these small corporate videos or maybe you go assistant a really well known director mm-hmm. 
and then you keep on doing that grind for a while and then may hopefully uh, at some point you write a feature length film and then you pitch it and then someone likes it so he was almost about to start that but then uh i think he got drunk one day with a couple of his other film school friends and he was like fuck this i don't want to do this right now and i don't know when i will uh actually have a have a platform to make a feature film let me just do it right now let me pull in whatever resources i have and if it doesn't work it doesn't work that's fine i'll go assist someone but i don't want to assist someone right away and the other guy who who turned out to be later turned out to be the producer of the film karan he was very supportive and i think karan was the one who gave him that push like yeah bro let's do this you know we can definitely do this and they already had this like synopsis of the one the two liner that you mentioned they already had it because nishil had sort of read this story uh, about a farmer who was heavily in debt and then i i mean i won't spoil the film but then you know how he deals with the debt and uh, some more you know masala was added to the story but this is based on a real life story that nishil read so he had already read it and then he had already made like a small 5 minute film on it and i had done the music for that also uh for, in fact that was the f- one of the first first few short films i actually composed music for uh he came up to me and then i i was happily uh, i was very happy to take it and then that was that we forgot about it and then when he actually told me that he was going to remake uh, that thing into a feature i was not too happy i was happy that he was going to make a feature film firstly and then he had the confidence he had decided to pool in his resources but i wasn't really happy with the concept because it the f- the five minute even though it had a lot of soul it felt like i i couldn't imagine you know what uh, how he would stretch it because I, i me not being a filmmaker i didn't know i thought it would just uh, same length and not the same length the same concept you just stretch it but what he did later with the script was something entirely different and i couldn't have in my wildest wildest dreams like you know in probably like if there's alternate realities like 50% of the other versions of me don't can't imagine what that film would yeah. to eventually turn out like and i think that has a lot to do with uh, the the people nishil collaborated with so when you mentioned the visual aesthetic he specifically got on board this uh, guy to shoot it the dop shrish Mm-hmm. who is a director himself he's made great films but he oh. has a really good taste for you know m- uh, composing a frame that suits mm-hmm. the script mm-hmm. yeah he has he has that he has the eye for it and also he just gotten this new cinema camera black magic cinema camera mm-hmm. so then okay. that also ah, works okay. out of course yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then he got on board raghav who was also uh, doing a lot of plays he he he's a playwright he's an actor so getting you know people who specialize in you know bring in these speci- special uh, creative talents in their department i think that really helped nishil a lot the edit the edit was done by pawan who was uh, who in my opinion is like i i've met a quite a few editors and pawan in my in my opinion is one of the most efficient editors like his his uh, observation skills his technical skills and his creativity are all like 8 on 10 9 on 10 because i've seen people like you know if they're really creative you know they they have the creativity thing going on for them but then they might not be so organized mm-hmm. you know organizational mm-hmm. skills are fuck all like uh, uh, can i say fuck yeah <laughs> don't don't okay. worry <laughs> don't worry okay <laughs> it's cool it's cool great Chill great scene. yeah so what uh, what pawan taught me was that you know you you can be f- firstly really creative really good at your work and still be really good at uh you know labeling your files putting them into correct folders being on time with your deliveries 
I thought like you know it's always either or you either do this thing or you either do that thing. So Pawan was a great asset on the film, and then I would like to think that I was too an asset or a valuable asset on the film in some ways. So I think Nishil had already gotten this team together uh, before we even uh, way way before post uh, pre production. We just like got people who were well intentioned and people who. who knew they you know they would add some good creative uh, talent to the film and then it took about 6 months to for them to get into the groove then they started pre production they went they shot one schedule and it was shot in rajasthan i mean it, it it's actually very ambitious of someone who's just out of film school to make a film of that scale uh that to in an entirely different city not even city it's a village in rajasthan mm-hmm. and to shoot something somewhere where you know you don't have the luxury of uh if you if you for example you don't uh, you forgot to rent this particular equipment in film city you can just like make a call and the guy will come and deliver it to you but there you have to plan everything in advance mm-hmm. i didn't go on on the location but i've heard stories where shreesh the dop he took a stand and he was like i'm not shooting till you get the till, till you get my crew some water because people were really thirsty and they didn't they legit didn't have water on set and uh, so those were the things they were facing like really high temperatures uh there was no hotel in the place that they were staying there was one hotel which was really far away mm-hmm. so in that sense it was very ambitious and some things went uh south and then so they had to do shoot one more schedule they had to divide it into schedules uh and by the time the film came for post production the director was really exhausted hmm. and okay yeah so then we decided to take some time off and then revisit the edit and i think all the people nishil surrounded himself with have just contributed in a very very cool way to the film i think that's how like you know i this is something that i've i've worked on a bunch of films but bhasmasur is one of those films where i'm genuinely proud of whatever we've done you know irrespective of where the film reaches eventually mm-hmm. if it's forgotten or if it's like eventually like watched by many people I, i'll still be proud of what we did yeah i'm sorry i forgot the question no, no, yeah cool, you, you asked cool. about the <laughs> it's western cool. it's cool it's cool no 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 so i just want to before you get into that i just wanted to add that it's a very unusual film for hmm. to see on netflix because it's compared hmm. to what they usually have um again it's a very different kind of um different different genres and different kinds of films but they this is again um something i would i would just see at a probably at a festival and mentally right. i think oh this would go on to movie or probably this would make mm. it make its way onto a screening somewhere in the city but to actually have it on netflix is a big deal because it it, it's because i feel like a lot of people who would have completely missed this at the film festival or at any, or screening at any other place would probably now see it here so yeah ha huh. so ha i wanted to now come back to how you arrived at the sound for the film the western sound that you mentioned yeah, that, yeah i think that was also like a very accurate observation uh I, yeah before i i just wanted to comment on the netflix thing <laughs> i personally i wasn't also very sure of like you know it eventually coming up on streaming platforms even i thought of it going on doing its festival runs and then maybe just movie or somewhere like you mentioned so i i gla- i got a chance to I got a chance to take my parents for the screening for the mm-hmm. Mumbai Film Festival, and I thought, okay, that's it. My parents have watched it. Great. Now you know, mm-hmm. on to other things. But because it got onto Netflix, a bunch of my other friends who've been interested in what I do uh, or what you know they want to see what I've been up to, maybe my school friends, they actually saw it, and then a lot of them came up to me and then they told me about how they genuinely like the film, not just because. I've worked on it, and I'm the friend. But 
they they wouldn't generally watch something like that or come across something like that and even some of my extended family my cousins and all they they spoke about it where they spoke about the exact few things you mentioned where you know it's not something you would expect to see on netflix i don't know how uh, how or why netflix decided to pick it up but i'm glad they did Ah, now so coming Western. back to the Western, <laughs> yeah, the the sound. The Western sound, yes. So the sound of the film, uh, it. I feel like the sound sound was very much defined by uh, Nishil in his mind. Not not the exact soundscape or the sound palette, but the feeling was very much defined while he was scripting and. Okay. he was listening to a lot of soundtracks while writing and i don't know uh, if i mention it then maybe you can see the similarities but uh, this one soundtrack he was completely Im- engrossed in was the motorcycle diaries hmm. uh, it's a it's a spanish film i think mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the music is given by this guy called gustavo gustavo santaolala gustavo santaolala yes Uh, I think Santa he did Olala. music for Dhobi Ghat also. I think. Did he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he did. He did. Yeah. yeah, I was so surprised. Like, yeah, no, uh, like it's yeah, out of nowhere, Dhobi Ghat. <laughs> yeah, and uh, he did a he did this video game also, which also was really beautiful. And uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of. Uh, other films where he's done the music, but then he Nishil asked me to watch this. Mm-hmm. and he he was very clear about like you know okay this track i was listening to when i wrote this scene and this track mm-hmm. i was listening to and i generally like generally for me it what what ends up happening when a director gives me a reference track is uh it would it would become a challenge for me to deliver something to the director that also fits in the world of the reference track but is also something that is original and i am happy putting out and also mm-hmm. the director uh, you know that's unique to the film mm-hmm. but with this one it was so far out the the sounds the script on one hand was this rustic indian village and the music i was presented was a uh, like it's adventurous and also sometimes heavily emotional but i didn't like at first i didn't see like you know how these two would go together uh emotionally they could but also then the challenge uh it wasn't so challenging because i know okay there's things that nishil likes about this that i can borrow and there's things that i definitely can't borrow that i will i know i will have to uh create on my own this the sound palette so that's why i think uh, it has this like strong western sound because the reference track yeah that that and i think uh, most of my favorite films fam- favorite film soundtracks i have worked it worked with worked on rather have been where directors have a very clear sense mm-hmm. of what they want either they have reference tracks or they have uh, their musicians themselves and they'll tell me oh put some like a put a string section over here or put some cellos or a pizzicato section over here and when the director has that sort of clarity then you can you know that put certain limitations on you as a composer and then within those limitations i feel like i can do so much more mm-hmm. as opposed to someone some director just telling me okay so this scene is sad or the scene is emotional so we need emotional music or uh, you know some cheerful music and i'm like boss there's like 10000 ways you can do cheerful like you know i maybe what i'm thinking might not be great uh for this film or might not work for what you have in mind mm-hmm. so yeah i'm glad in this case like now i've started to appreciate people who come with reference tracks and i've slowly also developed the ability to go away from you know being presented the, the reference tracks and then taking what you know getting to know what the director likes about the reference tracks and then slowly moving away from it and nishil was very clear about like how you mentioned the sound is western uh he said i i remember him saying like you know we, you don't need to think about you know village sounds specifically mm-hmm. of course the sound palette will need to be grounded in the uh, in the visual 
and it will eventually use some instruments from there but the composition doesn't need to sound like that and yeah i think that his confidence in in music that was not typically indian that's what made me feel confident about experimenting yeah, yeah. and i i i was uh, glad that he f- it was my first feature film and s- it was his first feature film also but uh, he had a lot of clarity about the soundtrack which helped me okay what yeah. i also wanted to know was um were you then how involved were you in pre production like did you have to read the script um hmm. discuss the script with the director like how how did how did that happen so i was involved in in the pre production uh, i mean i got involved with the team right when it was conceived and nishil was bringing together the team so even before like the first draft of the actual script was mm. uh, written i got on board i wasn't so involved in say the scripting phase of it like suggesting changes to the director or something mm-hmm. but uh, nishil wanted me to be in the in the zone and start off think start thinking about the the scenes very definitely wanted music mm-hmm. before before even you know he went on location and he was very clear about that so he got me involved he would uh, invite me for script readings and that that really helped me uh, firstly open up to the project and be excited about it even before the i get the first cut because i, I like i told you i i couldn't imagine how uh, engrossing the final script could turn out or even the first draft was so engrossing as compared to the 5 minute or that he'd made back in college uh, which i can't like in retrospect I, i can't blame him for like like not making uh, you know it as interesting as the feature because it was his, like his first year in college or something probably and uh, it was it still had a lot of soul like it it was a very strong film but turning it into a feature that i couldn't see but then when i was involved in post production then i could see okay this could really turn out if you get the right set of actors if you pull off the shoot well then you can really uh make a good film out of this and then i was genuinely excited to do it and i've noticed if i'm if i'm excited about a project uh i end up making something that i like at least and the director also likes uh, like uh, maybe other people will also like it but i know for sure like i me i will make something that at least me and the director both of us are happy with okay and um, yeah. was it important for you to understand the characters and the emotions within the screenplay like did that inform your process of composing at the time i thought it was but um, in retrospect mm, not i would say 25% of it was uh the characters themselves mm-hmm. the scene by itself and the emotion behind the scene was the bigger driving factor and uh the biggest driving factor was how how the director saw it you know nishil's vision and his narrations i mm-hmm. think that's what that's what like put me really into the zone and yeah at that th- at the time i thought maybe getting deep into the psychology of the characters and uh, understanding what they must be feeling the the nuanced emotions that could maybe help and maybe it did on some level but the the emotions i did end up working on are very like primal and basic emotions and so if if you look at the track names a lot of them are like you know just labeled the way you know the 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 way i made them like the there is a theme that's called the bonding theme that's that's where like you uh, see the kid and the donkey uh, huh. bhasmasur is the name of the donkey so bhasmasur and the kid bonding mm-hmm. and then there is a theme called thirst which is literally like okay i think i, I might be giving spoilers here so but yeah it's yeah, it's, it's very very primal emotions so okay. i didn't really really need to get into like the subtext of the mm-hmm. scene or the characters mm-hmm. but it did help me to uh immerse myself into the world of uh, 
just the world and maybe create sort of like you know if if you're uh, if you're imagining I, i i'm sure like when since you've been doing script writing yourself uh say there's this fantasy world that you create so you start with the world building what language do they speak uh what do they look like you know and what are the costumes they wear so in in terms of the sound palette also like it i started off by building this the family of instruments and stuff like that so it helped me with the world building mm-hmm. this was also um it's interesting um in terms of what you said about world building because um from the perspective of script writing definitely that is something i think mm. about but in terms of mm. music again that's something that i didn't know could influence Mm. I I didn't know the world was something that could always really influence um the music or the way it was composed. Um there right. was there was also um so I was watching um I was watching a lot of featurettes on the making of Tenet. And oh. uh, so I think in one of them I remember I think um I think Christopher Nolan shot um I think after shooting and editing the film he hmm. um got to show the film to Travis Scott. and i think after right. that travis scott came on board so whatever the the song you hear by travis scott right at the end of the mm. film mm. is i think very much seems to have probably been influenced by overall probably what he saw and what he heard so ah right huh. i d- i didn't know it was composed specifically for the for the film or the credit sequence i d- i did not know that so i thought I it must be a song Ha huh, no so I've been binging interviews by Ludwig Göransson because like Oh I, yeah man that fan. that guy <laughs> me too me too yeah. I must admit yes fan uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> So I I think in one of his interviews he mentioned something like he had used I think some form of Travis Scott's voice in one of the tracks within the film Hmm. um but he also I think layered it with a lot of other things and so it wasn't very recognizably him but right i think they wanted just something at the end to maybe tie it all together and then they said probably they wanted to get travis scott on board for this so i wanted to know mm. in terms of um when you sort of does sort of seeing the finished film um mm. again influence the way um or at least seeing maybe a portion of the edit um mm. does that also some way influence the way you find the music is going to play out So even if let's say you have it ready um mm. would seeing it in front of you maybe want you maybe would would you make right. certain tweaks after seeing it or do something different or yeah I I never thought about this Adya but now that you bring it up <laughs> I can very specifically see like you know moments where huh. after seeing the edit we decided to uh, make some changes or say even like the uh, the intro credit sequence that came mm-hmm. to me completely after like watching the film the whole edit i watched mm-hmm. the first cut and th- then i came up with that mm-hmm. and certain changes were made like the scale of uh, the the scale was drastically increased because mm-hmm. i i didn't imagine initially to come back with fucking drone shots of like you mm-hmm. know majestic rajasthan hills mm-hmm. and uh, vast empty desert so that 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 definitely uh, pushed me to actually increase the scale and make it slightly more cinematic at spaces uh, though most of most of the film is is very close and you know people are up close you see their faces a lot uh, but there are parts where the film does open up and yeah th- those those parts especially and the intro credit scene okay and i i think the just uh when you brought up this aspect about uh, putting something that sort of ties in the whole film or the the thematically what the film stands for i've i see that happening a lot with uh the credit sequences that i've composed either it's like intro credits or uh, outro credits and there's one more feature film that i did end up doing which is not released i don't think it'll be released and in that as well like you know uh, when i once i saw the whole film and not not just saw it i composed for the for the duration of the film and then maybe i felt like 
okay you know what th- there's something that's emerging out of this whole mm-hmm. musical world and then there's something that could tie it all together so yeah that's a great observation i've i've never actually given it a conscious thought i really liked the the credit sequence in the beginning because uh-huh. um it sort of sets up the pace of the film in a very interesting way and i mm. quite liked the um, the music for that as well um one other thing i wanted to ask you is i think um, i was looking i was listening to um, the tracks also for the film are on spotify so i was listening yes. to the tracks individually and um, a couple of them that i re- i think one of the ones that i really liked was a track called setting off hmm so do you want to play it because um, yes i'd love to that was setting off it's very interesting because i think was that sarangi i heard somewhere in yes, the yes 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 ah. there was sarangi that came in that was a very conscious choice to uh, put in at least something that's you know remotely rajasthani ha ah. and i yeah. i liked the fact that it was there but it also went away so it was ha ah. it was just like a taste of it and it went away and what was the yeah. percussion you used oh percussion uh so the first percussive element that starts off is actually uh, the guitar like mm-hmm. there's this uh, percussion thing going on which is like that's one that's the one and that sort of sort of starts on just on the acoustic guitar and uh, then i build it up with the the ghatam a ghatam is like a matka Mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it, it sounds just like a matka okay. and then there's like a dhol that comes in later mm-hmm. so that when it gets huge there's like uh, probably like indian uh, those big ass dhols called mm-hmm. nagaras but they're not played in the traditional nagara mm-hmm. style and uh, there's also one layer of like this orchestral timpani which mm-hmm. is a very western instrument mm-hmm. but you slide it in there and it's it just adds something it doesn't like you know make it sound very western but it just adds certain cinematic elements to it mm-hmm. that's just there for that effect yeah uh, it did start off with the percussion though like the track the first thing that came to my mind was the percussion okay oh nice so this is at what point in the film this is i'm unable to remember exactly right so this is when uh, the father has decided that okay they are going to the city to sell mm-hmm. sell off the donkey and uh, it's it is when they start their journey and mm-hmm. in some sense the film is also a journey film so this was a very uh, a very momentous point in the film where okay mm-hmm. they are setting off for the journey okay. and you, okay. they don't know what what will what waits for them in the journey ha. so and uh, it's it's a journey of three people the donkey and mm. the father and the son but not everyone is perceiving the journey in the same way mm. the father is 
probably looking forward to some other things, something else. He has some other things on his mind. The son is probably like, you know, excited about something entirely different about going to the city for the first time. He's also sad that his donkey is not going to be with him anymore, but also that he's traveling somewhere. He's looking at places. So, uh, yeah, we try to put in those elements that, okay, it's, it's a journey, but it starts off with like sweet acoustic guitar, innocent kind of, mm-hmm. uh, probably representing the child childlike emotions of setting off on a journey and then it got gets a little serious mm-hmm. and that's the father's dilemma mm-hmm. of how do i get out of the situation mm-hmm. so it's interesting how you've also woven in the characters within this one piece so because there's mm. a lot of range within it so in that way to me is super interesting and thank you uh, and i think um there was also one or two voices from the ferris which right, is right. like a very interesting um we'll just play a little bit of it sure that's the that's the intro credits yeah, thing yeah, that yeah. we just spoke about that was voices from the ferris i just wanted to take um, our conversation forward regarding mm. um, the the ferris track so right, that the ferris was track ha huh, so that was also um, compared to uh, setting off it was also a lot more somber mm. so how That's did true. how did that come about how did the track come together uh i i I have to constantly think of not spoiling the film, so I'll no, let no, me construct this in a non-spoiler way. Okay. Uh, so uh, I did want to set up how uh, how like the the very basic tone of the film, you know, where the film is headed, what are you in for, and uh, the visuals. When you see the intro credits happening, it's mm-hmm. actually like a a lot of. Uh, carnival like visuals but it's all shot in a very blurry motion mm-hmm. uh, in a very blurry focus so mm-hmm. it's either all that uh, the the lights are out of focus you can just see like the what do you call it the ferris wheel or some carnival lights and basically what's happening is uh, the the kid is having a dream and in his dream he's uh, looking at all of these uh, he's he's basically gone to a mela so the first thought that comes is okay th- it's it's a very innocent and happy dream but uh, i did want to juxtapose it with some sort of uh, some sort of a very slightly ominous not very but yeah slightly om- it's got slightly ominous feel to it but also not 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 very sure it's also vague because you know you can listen to it and you can be like ha huh, it's it's it could fit with maybe you know a happy family gathering event or maybe it could you know some person's just lost someone and it could still maybe work so i i very consciously wanted to be in that space and i wanted it to have a little bit of a dreamy effect also because he's he's basically uh, he's dreaming so mm-hmm. you hear these voices of like kids on a ferris wheel but they're very distant and mm-hmm. far off and there's a soothing like you know 
some some ladies whispering into your ear in the right side if you're listening to it on the headphones obviously and then she goes over here on the left side so i wanted to just have fun with all of those elements it was it was a very indulgent thing i don't know if the film really required all of those trippy things but i was like i want to have fun with this so i i made the guitar sound like it's playing on a radio it gave mm. it that sort of an effect and stuff like that that's also very i mean the first time i heard the track i don't think i really caught on to these nuances so now this also mm. makes me want to go back and also i because i mentioned all yeah, of these things yeah i want to now go oh. back and actually listen to and try to figure out oh this was what he was talking about at that time where it's sounding like a radio and that kind of mm. thing so it seems to me that there's a lot of layers of sound then that you have assembled yes yes surely and a big credit for all of this maybe not this track so much but just the idea of layering things and also working in these small uh, say nuances in terms of like the character this character represents this sound things like that the direct the director is a big uh, is a big influence he played a big role in me thinking about the, these things in the first place i would in fact most of the good films uh, like good film soundtracks i've done I've, i feel like the director should get a co composing credit in some way even if like they haven't done the actual job of composing uh, of coming up with the music but creating the world and building the world i think they i've had my best experiences when the directors give me a lot of inputs and they speak to me a lot they give me a lot of ideas mm-hmm. it's just like you know how if if a director is working with an actor they sit down with them they probably like feed a lot of stories and then uh all all those things i think like if they do that with the post production guys also it it just helps them a lot hmm. so yeah. so which other films have you sort of had this kind of experience with where you have a very collaborative process hmm so this other film is uh this it's a short film and the soundtrack also this is something i put up on spotify it's a film called little man mm. and the director is uh, also very young and he he had a lot of clarity i think i yeah the the i've i'm only put up things that i'm really fond of and there's also things that i'm kind of fond of but they still yet to be put out on spotify or anywhere but uh, this thing i i loved a lot because the director had so many like you know cute little things mapped out in terms of music mm-hmm. even if like you know he and he had a lot of reference tracks and if you listen to the reference tracks we deviated quite a lot mm-hmm. and that's the fun like you bring in a reference track and then we play around with it and then i get to understand what you like about it and then we deviate so little man is one of these other other films and other films also but then uh i realized that no, not a lot has been uploaded but huh. uh, there's i should mention this guy i've been working with uh, i think he he could very well be like you know 5 6 years down the line he could have come out with like a big netflix uh feature his name is mehkanch mm-hmm. and it feels like he's created his own personal mehkanch cinematic universe where the characters behave in a certain way and you know it's accepted like it's absurd in the real life but it's like ha ye in this universe aise hi karta hai aise hi chalte hain and he's also like you know even even if he might not have a lot of clarity with uh, very specific sounds he will know what the what role does the music play over there mm-hmm. is it to disorient the viewer is it to uh, guide them to the next scene or something mm-hmm. so in those ways he has a lot of clarity and i i really enjoy working with that so i think um little man i remember i think it's it's a 13 minute shot it's currently on disney mm. hotstar disney plus hotstar it also follows um a young i think 10 year old boy a young 10 right, year old right, boy who right. i oh, think you watched little man also yeah <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah okay great. no 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 i it's, think it's not uh, so i i should give you context so it it when it was made it was a student film yeah. and the guy was still it was his diploma film and then it ended up being on uh, hotstar which is uh, also great but filmmaking wise i feel like uh, the director had a lot of ideas some of it like didn't really like you know they didn't hit the spot but 
again he was still learning and he's made great films uh, mm. before and after that that is also a good film but i feel like that film could have if if we had mm-hmm. time maybe for more pre production and more resources uh, it it could have been much better okay and um, i know that you've primarily worked though within the short film space yes yes so i think i've done I, three uh, feature films but i've done i can't even count how many short films i've done so i think yeah. how many of them are um, okay okay so my first question i think would be how many of um, how many of them are accessible to people like me who you know i'm now i'm uh, not worked on the film but they also i know little man is on a platform but are the rest on hmm. platforms as well and the no. other thing is oh okay oh sorry sorry i no, i no, no, might no. have something else to add but please finish the question no no my other question was leaping from let's say short films to feature films like what hmm. is that leap like because i remember you also mentioning that um, hmm. that bhasmasur was your first feature film so what were your learnings right. there where your uh, were you tackling certain things for the first time or yeah hmm definitely many things uh but coming to the first part of the question where you asked me how many of these uh projects i worked on are available online to watch i would say maybe like less than 10% easily okay. less than 10% yeah and a lot of films that i worked on even if uh they they like they weren't they weren't intended to be posted on youtube for example uh, or maybe a streaming they were more like festival they were for a, they were produced for a festival run and then they end up being on a hard drive which is uh, as a, as someone who's worked on it i would love for it to be out because uh, some of those films i'm proud of some of them i'm I, i'm happy they're on hard drives uh, but some of them i'm proud of and but i guess you know uh, to quote our mutual friend mr shalom ye line hi aisa hai ha okay okay <laughs> so yeah it's it's okay but hopefully uh, there's there's some films that i did back in the day that are eventually finding a release on hotstar a lot mm-hmm. of these films like a lot of these student films especially okay. and some of them are very good so i'm i'm happy mehkanchis film might the deal has gone through with hotstar so i i don't know but these things generally take a lot of time so i don't know when it will be out okay right and then uh making the leap i still feel like i i'm i keep oscillating okay. every once in a while i will you know do a, fe- a short short film feature films i've done three and uh my main thing as of now is is short films i guess because uh i i've just gotten more short film opportunities that's just that's just it and i also do uh corporate stuff so mm-hmm. i think that's the bread and butter as of now so the length uh, what changes is uh just by the format of it being like you know a longer duration the things the things you have uh, the scope that you have uh, the playground rather mm-hmm. is much wider and thematically you can explore a lot more nuances like things we talked about uh, about voices uh, from the ferris or even setting off those things maybe not so much in the in the short mm-hmm. film space uh, i've been able to explore mm-hmm. because even in terms of like the scripting and acting itself they have to fit in say a certain scenario within that much time they have mm-hmm. to establish they have to get the viewer mm-hmm. uh immersed into the world establish the world and then some character development has to happen and then maybe some something has to reach the climax so it's it's been fairly yeah because the parameters are sim- less the, it's been fairly simpler to crack the short film thing for a feature film i've i've worked with the directors mostly and uh they have been just guiding me i i get immersed into the story 
as early as I can so that mm-hmm. I have these like you know sort of guiding points like markers on the mm-hmm. on the edit timeline or say a lighthouse like that shines light from far away like okay mm-hmm. this is where this emotion does needs to be pushed so you know it's coming up from far ahead you can see and then you sort of build up to it mm-hmm. and it uh, features me there's a lot uh, of time for me to have uh, some call back maybe to some theme and to take one theme and then develop it some more of course these are ideas that have uh, that that have been explored by so many good filmmakers and i've just been inspired by them so i it just helps me to give me that playground it it gives you a lot more to play with one major learning i i had that i remember very clearly is a uh, a technical learning which is that whenever as a composer you're sending in exports to your sound engineer or sound designer always put this thing called a limiter at the end of your master and then send in the exports and uh, yeah i i had a bad experience where i i didn't know any of this mm-hmm. i just sent my exports to my sound guy and they were mastering it sorry mixing it at the studio they rented the studio space it was a 5.1 setup and apparently there was a peak mm-hmm. a clip thing that clipped in my thing okay and this guy's monitor speaker just blew off <laughs> it's an okay. expensive studio yeah so i i got very uh, embarrassed at that point i wasn't there but uh, ha huh. nishil was there and so was the sound designer if it was just the sound guy yatrik uh, i would have been like this guy's just like you know taking my case but Nishil was there to verify it, and yeah, I I trust Nishil. These are also very crucial learnings that you very can obviously crucial, will, yeah. you can carry forward. Because it left such a such a mark on my uh, on my experience. You know, it it's kind of really embarrassing. Like you know, किसी का इतना नुकसान हो गया इतना studio में like a a five point one monitoring setup is no joke. Like mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to set up a lot of money to firstly bu- purchase all of that equipment and then <laughs> you end up blowing it your track ends up blowing it though then i i learned to like you know uh, joke about it and then be like yeah my music was fire man it was so good it <laughs> killed the monitors <laughs> watch out for part 2 of my interview with krishna purohit you can find our newest episodes on youtube spotify and wherever you get your podcasts Follow our Instagram and Facebook pages for more updates in the description below. 